How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Green and Black Podcast. I am Tanner Hayworth, Senior Sports Writer at Kaleo Ohovai'i. And joining me, as always, is my gracious and loving sports editor, Reese Nagaoka. Reese, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. You're, you're butting me up a little bit right here. I mean, I think I've never heard of these. I, being I am making assumptions on your character, <laughs> so I will I will preface that to all the listeners out there. I assume that you are a loving person. <laughs> <laughs> on the inside, on the outside, it's you have to work. You have to work. You have to work. work. <laughs> you got to chisel through, and then it'll eventually show. Just, just wear me too. down to yeah. <laughs> Speaking of getting worn down, we can talk about Hawaii football. As we had an unfortunate loss to the Colorado State Rams last Saturday in a was it seventeen to thirteen loss? Yes. In a seventeen to thirteen loss in Fort Collins at Canvas Stadium to Jay Norvell's Colorado State Rams. Now, it was a nice little get together, you know, reconnecting for Jay Norvell and Timmy Chang, as Timmy Chang was a former wide receivers and tight ends coach for Jay and there's a lot of really great words out there from Jay Norvell about Timmy Chang. You can look all you can look it up. He loves them. They love each other. They're great. But when you look at this game, going past the you know nice little story of you know two of the bottom of the Mountain West teams, one finally getting a win in a really a struggle of a game. What's the biggest narrative I think for this white football team that comes out from this loss for you, Reese? I think just they were – everybody has said it when we listened to how um, – when they talked this week at practice, after practice, it, it's they're, – they're a few plays away from – they're a few plays away from winning that game. You know, if they get a fourth down stop here, you know, if they don't throw an interception, you know, anything. I mean, there are points where they could be 3-0 and in Mountain West depending on these past couple, what, three weeks. And they're, they seem like they're really close to getting – um, to mastering it down. I don't know if that's just the lack of experience of, you know, not being in these close games, but it's just they're they're so close to getting, I guess, complete. Uh, I don't a complete know. football game. Yeah. Because there have been slip-ups on all three sides. Let's be real. Even though how great the defense has been in terms of points allowed, uh, I think you can look at different parts of each phase of the game that, you know, the team can get better at, you know, special teams. The last two weeks, we've had a couple of returners, you know, not necessarily handling the ball as well as you might, whether it be, you know, running it out of bounds on the six yard line or taking a ball when it's like four yards into the end zone and only taking it back to about like the 20. Mm. So I think that's one phase you could look at. You could look at, you know, the defense while they have, you know, only allowed basically 17 or 17 points the last three games. Uh, like, one, two, three, not all together. It's very easy for us who are struggling at math to figure out, well, how many points have they given up in the last three weeks? <laughs> or on average, yeah. It's like 17, 16, 17, if I believe, right? Yeah. So. so, even though they've been really great at not allowing points, the one issue that for this Hawaii defense has been those big chunk plays. We didn't really see that in Nevada, but I think in both the San Diego State and Colorado State loss, you saw those big chunks, whereas in both, I think for the Colorado State game, it was mostly on the ground where those big chunk plays happened with uh, running back the Avery Morrow getting that big 66-yard run. 
multiple third down conversions from Clay Millen getting out of the pocket. And sure, they stopped him on fourth down a couple of times. But that's probably something that Jacob Yoro is probably hammering into that defense to say, hey, we're almost there. We're one down away. And then we give that up. And then when you look at the offense, just look at the the second half. Unfortunately, it's not very good when no. you look at the second half, especially the third quarter. I believe before the final drive of the game for Hawaii, in the second half, the Bows only had four yards of offense. Something like I think I believe it was like the the graphic when they showed on Spectrum they were being out yardage by like almost I want to say two hundred yards. They only had like twenty four yards in that second. And half. it was and it was close when you when they entered the halftime initially. When they entered halftime initially, I believe Hawaii was either a little bit over or they were just around the same. I can't remember, but the point of that was it, they they were up thirteen to three. I mean, f- well, first off, really good job by Thomas Sheffield and that special teams unit right. to get that last second field goal because. That was one of those mistakes by Braden Shager where it's like you can't check it down to your tailback with five se- or not five seconds, 15 seconds left, no timeouts. And, you know, that was a really good job by the field goal unit for Hawaii. Right. You know, Matt Shipley, always automatic from when he's not getting blocked. That, like that one time against, was it Duquesne when he got blocked? <laughs> I think so. But um, other than that, you know, as a place kicker, I think Matt Shipley has had a really great year. Puncher, he's had his highs and he has had his lows as well. So... I think it's a I know how much everyone hates to hear it. It's a work in progress. It's a rebuilding year. I'm sure everyone is tired of hearing that, but I think to, to think that Hawaii is a favorite in a lot of these games, especially, you know, this week's game and on, it's a f- far-fetched take to think that on a talent level, Hawaii is equal, if or if not, sometimes better than other teams. I think that's you're living in a totally different world if you're thinking that. I mean, no offense to our guys, but it's obvious. You know, we lost a lot of really great talent who's playing very well on their respective teams through the transfer portal. I mean, what Day Day Hunter just ran for 218 and a touchdown against BYU last week. Yeah, was Liberty ranked after that, or were they left out of the top 25 again? I can't remember, but, but they are an independent. They have one loss, so it's always a little bit harder for them to get back in. That, that's a sham, though. They, they should be a... I know I ranked them, I ranked them. in I my ranked student them. media yeah. poll, and I'm sure it's not because of my bias towards Day Hunter. <laughs> no, it's you got to factor that in, right, because they're 7-1, and one and, you know, but yeah. I guess we have to get back on topic. Oh, yeah, true, true. <laughs> okay, boy, boy, boy. But, yeah, um, when you look at this... I think the one thing when I think about is when you look at the offense, which is clearly the big struggle for this team, is it a matter of being too conservative when you get into that third quarter? Is it a matter of Braden Shager not being on his best game in that second half especially? Or is it just a lack of execution? And I think we were talking about it before. It's kind of a mix of all three. Yeah, it was kind of... There was this one point in the third quarter. It was it was like nine minutes left in the third quarter, and it was a third and long. And Hawaii was in deep, deep into like their own territory. They're on like their own, I think, fifteen yard line or something. After uh, it might have been that same drive where there was a penalty on like the Jalen Walto catch that got negated by. I think that was our only drive of the third quarter. Was it the only drive? But there was that one drive, and then it's like third and eleven, third and twelve, and whatever. And you're just handing the ball off, and you know I think. 
it's too early at that point to be conservative, especially when it was only a, like a 13 to 10 game. I think you got to be a little more aggressive there with the play call. And to be fair, the play calling in that drive to start the drive was aggressive. It was good. It was good. They yeah. had a really, like you said, a really great completion down the field to Jalen Walthall that did get taken back due to Austin Hopps. Was it a holding call? I or think it was. Illegal, it was illegal man downfield. Illegal man downfield because it was an RPO, I think. Right. So that's unfortunate how that works. And then, you know, it's just a slippery slope because that's what seems to happen in these third quarter drives, especially when you look at, you know, the. Uh, Colorado State and the Nevada game both have very similar drives where it starts out promising and then penalties kill it. And then, you know, luckily for the Nevada game, we had a lead and our defense really built up off of that. But for Colorado State, a 13-3 lead really isn't much, especially when your offense is failing to perform in a way that, you know, can create positive momentum. And especially when the Colorado State offense is just eating up clock at a clip. Oh yeah, I mean. So there's a, I think there's a lot of fingers to point. It's really easy to do that when you look at a game. You could point to, oh, Dr. Scott, maybe you shouldn't have dropped that ball. You know, forehead. Just don't drop the ball. Zion Bowen's had a drop. Braden Shager's pick, and he had multiple passes that were almost intercepted as well. So there's a lot to work on. But then you also remember, hey, it's also an away game. You're also in altitude. And it's hard, to, and there's a lot of excuses that you can make. And I think when you come back to Hawaii, look and you uh, watch film. These are the easy issues that you can work out, easy kinks that you can work out in practice. Oh, definitely. And yeah, I think we kind of have to talk about the defense a little bit. I mean, it, when you look at the time of possession in the second half, it was pretty lopsided. It was about 20, 20 minutes to like Hawaii's had like eight minutes compared to Colorado State's twenty one minutes and. Logan Taylor, you, you you wrote it in in the dude balled out. Yeah. I mean, sixteen tackles. He was as a he, dog. Yeah, he had he had that dog in him. <laughs> yeah, I think it, what tackle and a half tackles for loss was like a one point five or something. Yeah, one a, and a half tackles for loss. He had a quarterback hurry yeah. and those sixteen tackles. Yeah, and he was like the the stat that UH gave us is he's one of three UH players since two thousand to record fifteen tackles and one one and a half tackles for loss. Um, one, the last one was Darius Moussau at Utah State last season. And then, is it Julian Jenner? Against first? I, I was 15 at the time. Yeah, I, I was about that age. But. Unfortunately, wasn't following a lot of college football. So, when I was but 15. it basically Fresno State in 2015. And there were points where the, it, they looked great. I mean, the Colorado State offensive line, they, they looked like they were helpless against Blessman Tala. I mean, he was just eating them up. They were. I think at one point they were triple teaming him and he still won, <laughs> but it's like they, they just it they struggled to get off the field and I think that's one thing you kind of saw early on the tackling was not maybe as crisp as they would want it to be, and I think that's just some of the things that they have to work on you know entering this week. And I think something to track is you know those third quarters. I hate to like you know nail in the coffin there, but it's not even just this game. It's been like the. It's, it's been like this forever. Like the Duquesne game, I think they had the ball for like eleven minutes on offense. In that I don't third even quarter. go back to earlier games this year. Todd Graham did it in Todd Graham's third quarters. We would let up leads. Guess what? In Nick Rolovich's time, we would <laughs> give up leads frequently in the third quarter as well. So, when you look 
at this and you say, oh, well, how come they're not making any three-quarter or halftime adjustments? It looks like they're not doing anything. It's not necessarily true. They are making adjustments. I mean, I think Hawaii switched from that four-down lineman to a more – They went to about a three-down. They went back to the three-down lineman in the fourth quarter. And, you know, maybe that wasn't something – the correct thing to do because I think what they probably wanted to do was stop the passing game. That was – you know, not necessarily super productive against Hawaii, but it was obvious that in the final quarter, that was keeping them it was, in the game. It was more of a through. It was like one of those things we talk about. You know how you got to get the, the set up the pass to get because up set the he, run. Yeah, and because even though they were in that three man, they did stop the run still with three down linemen. Because well, Blessman was just eating everybody up. So I think that's something very, very promising to watch because I think in the beginning of the year we saw a lot of that three down linemen and we're like, oh, they're gashing us with the run, and then you see that second half where they're keeping that three down lineman but we're actually still stopping them so maybe that is something to look think about when you think about jacob bureau's defense is that we can operate more in a multiple style defense well, that's what, as the season goes on yeah that's what he wants i think he, he's learned from all these different like defensive minds where you know i can't think of i can't think of any you know obviously todd graham but they're i mean I, todd graham Corey batoon yeah those are two guys that you see their influences on <laughs> and Josh Brown and Etienne too, <laughs> but yeah, it's you see you see like the multiple fronts and but if you're Hawaii this week, how much do you do a three down front when you're facing, you know, arguably one of the best running offenses in the country and or not country but the conference in the conference and that's a great transition to the Wyoming Cowboys, as we do look for the Paniolo Trophy game this weekend. I think personally. One of the best trophies in all of college football. Yeah. The Paniolo Trophy, at, if you're not Kanaka or local, Paniolo simply is just a Hawaiian cowboy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those super underrated matchups because initially when you hear Wyoming and Hawaii, you're like, what is that? A combined population of 200,000 people? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, jokes aside, but I think. It's one of those, you know, really great relationships between the universities that, you know, has managed to stay strong over all these years, at least in the football sense. And these Paniolo Trophy games tend to be a lot of fun most of the time. It, it depends, though, because, well, obviously it's great that when the Mountain West, when Hawaii joined the Mountain West, they got the rivalry right. started back up again. But <laughs> these past couple of years, it's either been one team gets, one team blows the other team out. Or we get a really good game, like in, I think, 2018 when Chevin Cordero had his first start. Right. So I'm only saying I remember them fondly because we've won two of the last three. And they bordered <laughs> the loss. Like you mentioned, Chevin Cordero's first start for the University of Hawaii. Shout out to when Nick Rolovich put out the body double for Cole <laughs> yeah. McDonald. I think that's a very underrated thing that no one really talks about a lot these Nobody days. Nobody talks about it's that, Cole yeah. Cole McDonald's body double. We still don't know who that was. <laughs> So nobody asked. No one asked, but I don't think Rolla would tell you either. But then there was that. Then there was the I think it was the first year of Todd Graham's uh, tenure where they got blown out. Yeah, in, in Laramie. In Laramie, and then it was kind of the bow the, the, on the season of last year. The swan song. The swan song of the Hawaii <laughs> offense, where they finally did something in the last two weeks of that of last year. But I was, it's always a game that I'm looking forward to. Um, a note from Hawaii Athletics. 
wear your Halloween costumes if you've got them. That's what they're asking you to do. Um, I will personally be in an office by myself. So I'll be dressing up as the board operator for ESPN <laughs> Honolulu. I, I'll, I'll dress as a media professional or semi-professional. Oh, that's going to be very different for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was talking. I was talking to, um, I was talking to Eric Matthews about this, right. and he was like, "You should just dress up as Halloween." And he was like, I, and he was like, "I think he would make a really good Waldo." <laughs> I was should, like, <laughs> they should just get all the media people to dress up as Waldo, <laughs> well, or everyone get their best Vili going on. <laughs> no i don't think he can work that I, I, I no disrespect to eric matthews but i don't want it i don't i don't think i would want him as dressed up as Vili. <laughs> you know with uh 2022 you probably don't want to do that either actually not <laughs> thinking about it now on to the important matter the actual game yes. that's being played like you were mentioning uh about their rushing offense i mean this is a guy if you followed wyoming football the last couple of years it's not a name that you're necessarily very familiar with because he was being because he was backing up originally one of the better running backs in the Mountain West, Xavier Valade. I think Titus Swen is the guy that you're going to definitely be following as he is coming off a fresh Mountain West Player of the Week performance against Utah State, where he finished with 160 yards and three touchdowns. And I think you know I think it's not very controversial to say that he is the best returning offensive player for the for the spokes offense i think he's the most notable name on that thing and especially and notably so i guess because like you said he also has a really awesome name yeah titus <laughs> titus swen yeah that's awesome but I, but I mean you're right i mean this is a guy that they've highlighted you know i talked to uh linebackers coach chris brown and he was like they they they're going up against a pretty good running back they saw a lot of film and he's he's good you know that's offensive line is Let's just say Maulers, I guess. They're all all the starters on the two deep are listed just over 300 pounds. They're big old Wyoming offensive linemen. I think that's basically the gist of it. I think you can expect, you know, what you expect size-wise from yeah. big old... I, I don't want to say big old white boys from, from Wyoming because I don't know how many of them are actually <laughs> white, so I'm not going to say that. But the thing is that they're super young, too, and they're super good, like, there's only one senior on that starting offensive line. It's the left tackle. He's, by the way, probably the biggest dude on there. Six five three thirty. Um, you know, I think I'll try to get this raised. Oh, it, not Frank Crum. I think. Oh, yeah. Frank Crum is. He's the tallest. Six seven three fifteen. Oh, that's true. The Laramie native. But you know, I think I think you focus on the running game a lot. I guess because especially when they're what, like fifty second in the country. And what's nice for Hawaii is that. That doesn't really change much of what they want to do with their defense, at least at a concept level. Uh, for people that probably don't follow football, it's not as much uh, follow as in depth as a lot of others. I think it's a lot more complicated. It's not just say, "Hey, they're gonna run the ball, uh, defend the run." Yeah, it, it's not just like you, attack. <laughs> because eventually they will do something where they pull it's, out like it's like a different concept like just because you're a running offense doesn't necessarily mean you have the same exact offense as another offense that runs the ball very well oh yeah i think when you look at it it's gonna be nice that at least at a mentality wise i think when you when you're looking at what we're going up against it's going to be much of the same stop the run force them to pass 
even if you force them to pass, you still got to be up against them because, like, you, I think you're, you're very high on Andrew Peasley. Right. Uh, he's a, a transfer from Utah State. Yeah, they basically traded quarterbacks, Utah <laughs> State and Wyoming, because I believe um, Levi Williams Levi Williams transferred to uh, Utah <laughs> State as well. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's working out more for Peasley. Unfortunately, with uh, Williams, he did get injured, I think, in the game that he had a chance to play a lot more in. But Peasley this year has looked like one of the better quarterbacks in the Mountain West. Not like there's much competition out there right now, but... <laughs> You know, with the few guys that are out there, not having Peasley struggle as much as he did, I think, at the beginning of the year, I think that's been very vital for this Wyoming offense. I think Craig Bull is definitely, you know, very excited that he found a quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think, was it, in the offseason, he had to go out to Twitter with a a release saying, hey, we need a quarterback, (laughs) so why don't you come on down here? And so I'm glad he found his quarterback at least. Yeah, and I mean, I'm looking at we looked at the, the starting lineups for Wyoming the, over the past uh, how many games they had eight. I think they're five and three, but they they run everything. They'll run eleven personnel. They'll run twenty two personnel with a fullback. I mean, this Hawaii defense I think is going to have their hands full on Saturday. And when you look at Wyoming's defense, they're probably just as good. I think they're top sixty in total defense. I mean, this, I mean, this Wyoming defense always seems to produce NFL talent. Yeah, I mean... I, I think, mean, look at the last two years of just the linebackers that have made it to the league. You look at uh, Logan Wilson, Chad Muma. I mean, those are guys that you just don't forget about, especially if you're a Mountain West opponent. Yeah, and it's it's no it, it's no surprise that their linebackers are leading the, the team in tackles. I think Easton Gibbs... That's exactly what and, you want to see from your defense, too. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see, like, your safeties or your corners. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, Easton Gibbs, uh, Shea Suyanoa, um, they lead the team in tackles with, I think Gibbs has 68. Suyanoa has 44 or something. But they're, they're your Mike and Will linebackers in um, Confidence. The, in the Wyoming. You don't need to say something. You got the number right there. You got it exactly. <laughs> got the number right there. But they, they, are, they are the Mike and Will linebackers in this Wyoming, in this Cowboys uh, nickel defense. Five, it's yeah. a 4-2-5, kind of similar to – I don't want to say similar to Moy, but it's a pretty similar, I guess. And Tanner, the nickel is called a Sam. It's not anything special to either. What? <laughs> the nickel, the Nickelback, is not called like oh. your Aztec. <laughs> I thought you said Sam. I thought I'm like, wait, they do have a third linebacker. No, but they call him the Sam. <laughs> so I'm like, what? wait, where do they call him the Sam? Well, when you look at the starting, I guess where what's pulling up? Why not? Why don't they call that? And they're two deeps. I don't know. Well, well I, guess I guess they started okay. a Sam but on what one. What that game. means is they probably line up that corner kind of near the. He's middle he's, of the he's field. their Corey Bethel. He's their strong side linebacker, yeah. basically. If you oh, quick football lesson for those that don't know, <laughs> it's Mike, Will, and Sam for your three linebackers. Mike M middle, weak Will. Your weak side of the play, and Sam is your strong side. Uh, what does that necessarily mean? I have a JV level of knowing uh, football, so <laughs> I just need to point at the guy that I was gonna block. <laughs> you know, that's and it all, worked out most of the time. That's all that matters. And, but <laughs> I mean, you you can't sleep on this passing defense either, because I no. think you know, you know, Cameron Stone. I think he's one of their starting corners. He he leads the team with two interceptions. Um, Jacory Hawkins. He's actually their second string corner on the other side but he has five pass breakups and an interception and you know you have Keontae Glinton who also again 
for pass breakups. So this is a really good Wyoming defense, and I think that's something Hawaii has to be worried about, especially when they struggled with the running game, I felt, last week against Colorado State. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the key for Hawaii when it comes to Saturday. I think we got to play to our strengths. I think we got a lot of guys that we need to get the ball to, and that's what the plan should this, be. This is the week. I know it's not the most complicated <laughs> game plan, but if you look at our offense, who's our best guys that we got out there? Diedrich Parson, Zion Bowens, and and Jordan Murray. He hasn't gotten a lot of targets. I still think that he's he needs you know, to find I think a way it's to get Caleb Phillips' time to me. I mean, we, we've seen how good of a redstone threat he is. He's emerged these last couple Tight of weeks. End. We can, uh, we can <laughs> we'll, we'll just meet in the middle there. Tight end, there. but I, I just want to see the best guys, the best athletes out there get the ball. So whether it be throwing it down the field to de- to teacher person to Zion Bowens, <laughs> or you know, running it down the middle with Diedrich, I feel good about it. And I think one thing we also got to focus on is making sure that Tylen Hines gets more than two carries this. <laughs> this is the weekly reminder. Give Tylen Hines the ball. Please, give Tylen Hines the ball. And I think Timmy knows that. I mean, I think he talked about it last night on Call the Coach, where when he was talking with Steven right after the game, he immediately saw Tylen Hines two carries, and he just was like, how did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) Because it shouldn't. It shouldn't happen. And I think when you look at us right now, our str- I personally still think our our rushing offense is better than our passing offense still. Oh, and yeah. And when you look at that, the main issue, unfortunately to me, is kind of Braden right now. Braden's the best guy that we got. Unfortunately, he has shown, like, a couple of – a little bit of, like, scary things here and there. He's been a little bit reckless with the ball. He was lucky on a couple of passes last week, and I think that's fair to say. And I think if you asked him about it, he'd probably say the same thing that he could be better. Yeah, uh, it's one. I think we need to see. We've seen flashes of how good Braden Shager can be. I think you know a couple weeks ago in Nevada, he was rolling out right. right. He was finding Zion Bowens in quarter one, two, and four. Yeah, and you know, and then we saw <laughs> against Colorado <laughs> State last week. He went what like six for six on that touchdown drive right. to Caleb before he hit Caleb Phillips for a one yard touchdown. Who, by the way. Really good die for the pile yeah. on. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, we've seen how good Braden Shager can be. It's just, can he be the same guy for four quarters? And, actually, let me rephrase that. Can he be the same good guy for four quarters? Because we've seen him be the same guy for four quarters. Yes. In the out-of-conference schedule. And, yeah, you're, I, think, I think you're right. I think Braden Shager is probably one thing. I think your receivers also have to step up. You know, Dior Scott, you know, obviously the drop was not great. No. Zion Bowens needs to get more targets. I think he only had like three targets the entire yeah. game, which is. And he had a couple of great. Ca- he did have a good catch down the field. I believe it was a twenty-six yard Something reception. Like that. It was, but... and almost had another big one down the field if it weren't for like a weird pass breakup, but still went through his hands. But yeah, it's a it's one of those situations where hey, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Hindsight is twenty twenty. These are all the mistakes that happened last week. Now you just gotta fix them. When Wyoming comes to our house, you know, if it's kind of one of those things too, where you know how you screw around and you find out, <laughs> it's kind you of around and find out. Yeah, pretty much. But I, I like I'm not really good football mind. But at some point, do you just insert Zion into your slot, try to get him on a mismatch or anything? Or I think at that point, that's just uh, how Shu wants his schemes. At that point, 
I think with your slot guy, you do want to get your surest hands, and you want to get your guy that knows the route stuff. That's why Kuali Nishigaya, when he was healthy, was probably a really great guy for the slot. In my opinion, I still think that Tamatoa Mokiao Timalala needs more looks, but according to Timmy Chang, the issue was just, you know, they just weren't on offense enough. And that's a... That's something that I can agree with him, that the offense just was not out there enough for guys to get the looks that they should be getting. Yeah, and, but the thing is, yeah, when I, I'm trying to go back to – because normally we, I feel like UH is targeting their slot receivers more than, like, their wideouts. Yeah. And it kind of seems like at some point you got to get the ball in your best receiver's hands, right. which is Zion. So at some point do we see a change or anything? I mean – Could be. I, 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 Maybe, I, like, certain packages. Yeah, you're right, though. I do want to see Kowali Nishigai. I think you – he said Timmy said on call the coach he's probably only going to play about two more games. Is that right? I think so. I think especially if he's nursing an injury still. Yeah. Might so. as well keep it safe, have him play his four games so, and get him out there. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there, there could be other guys that get in the mix. You know, we talked about Alex Perry. Um, I heard Devin Tawafa might return that'd after be next really, week. That would be very interesting because Tawafa is a – Big uh, mother effa. <laughs> he, he's he's, a, <laughs> he, he, he's he's big for wide receivers, so that'll yeah. be really interesting to see. I think you're right. Tomatua and Mokiela Timalala needs to see more time, and I think it's just you need to get your receivers time, especially if you're trying to set up for next year as well. And if people are like, okay, well, you've already talked about the offense and the defense, Wyoming. How come you guys aren't talking about special teams? We got to talk about John Hoyland because it's a sure thing for Wyoming, basically for John Hoyland. He is a, I think, pro football focus named him a midseason All American. I think the Athletic named him their Group of Five All Season. Yeah, All-American he is one team. of the best kickers in the country. So, so they're fine. Yeah, Mountain West Special Teams Player of the if, Week. If we could somehow block a field goal, <laughs> good for us. Let's let's go for the goal <laughs> of blocking a PAT since he's eighteen for eighteen on that. I like that. I like that. And, yeah, I feel like when if I had to predict this game, I think, personally, coming off that loss to Colorado State, Colorado State and Nevada were kind of the two games where I felt the most comfortable predicting wins. And if you want to go about it, like, well, we were away, so it's kind of like a three-point swing when you think about it. We've covered in all three games. Uh, I haven't seen the line recently for this Wyoming game. Last time I saw, I saw it was either at 11 or 10 and a half. I think we could still cover, but I think it's going to be one of those games. I think it'll be a little bit of another heartbreaker, and especially at home. I think this is a good Wyoming team. They have one of the best, you know, they have a really great running back duo in Swen and DQ James. DQ James last week ran for 120 himself on top of Swen's 160. And if that doesn't work for them, they still got Peasley and a really great receiver in Josh Cobbs, who has been doing his thing. So I really do feel like Wyoming's going to win this game. I think Hawaii can cover. I think I'm going to go for a 28-21 to 21 game. Ooh, okay. I I do I did check. It is the Wyoming 10.5 over under 51. Um, I've picked Hawaii these past couple weeks, and they've, they've gotten – they got the one against Nevada, but um, – it's been really close, and I'm just thinking maybe it's just us that are that's the problem. We're picking right. Hawaii, so maybe right. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Wyoming this week, but I don't think it'll be that high scoring of a game to me because I'm looking at also weather. It's supposed to rain, so maybe I'm thinking it'll be like and a, of course it gets windy when it rains. In yes, and yeah, and so it, maybe maybe we could spoil Hoyland here. So let's because we were, I was on the field on Wednesday and it poured 
at, at the Chin Complex. That and must it was, have felt really nice. It was it was really nice. You know, it was it was disgusting for my clothes, but it felt really nice. <laughs> I'm a Manoa boy. I was born and raised in the back of the valley. I love the rain. Especially now that I live in Evo, <laughs> I really miss the rain a lot. <laughs> yeah, we so. we we never we don't get that much rain this this past year. Yeah, right. so but I, I'll go <laughs> tell with, that to Maui. To, to <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not to laugh at that. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. <laughs> but I think going back to the score prediction, I, I'll say Wyoming. I'll say like like a thirteen to like seven win for Ooh. them. I think it's just going to be a really. If it is as rainy as if it is like it's, it's not supposed to be pouring or anything, but if it's like rain as rain as we are, I think it. I'll go with the ugly score as again though thirteen to seven Wyoming I guess. I like that. And hey, the last time I doubled down with someone, uh, the, it didn't go either our ways. So, you know, <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, we're talking about fingers crossed here. Today is Thursday, as always, as you should be knowing when we're recording. And that be you know what that means when it's Thursday. That means Wahine Soccer does yes. have a match later on today that that we're talking about in the future, <laughs> but will probably be in the past by the time this gets put out. But the Rainbow Wahine Soccer team needs needs a little, not really a miracle, but like their their destiny is in their own hands today. The, the message is clear. They just, they just need to win. Like right. to quote Al Davis, just win, baby. Because right now, base to ensure that they are sixth place in the Big West, they, they need to win. They need to win. They so, need to get those three points, and f- I think this is very vital for Bud and Crew because they really haven't seen much of the Big West tournament. I think the last time they saw it was in 2019, and other than that, not really have gotten that much of a lick at a, of a chance in the Big West. So. I think this would be very good, especially for the nine seniors that are that were honored on Sunday. Um, even if Hawaii doesn't win, if they get a draw, then that's when the miracle does need points. to happen. Yeah. If that draw does happen, I believe they need two losses from two people to so get I, in. So I looked at it. Uh, Kaleo Sports tweeted it out. I think they need a Cal State Bakersfield loss or CSU Bakersfield loss. Excuse right. me. They they care about that. And a UC San Diego draw or loss. Basically, Cal State Fullerton and Cal Poly need to win for right. Hawaii to have a really good chance. But they have to get points. Right. So, I mean, we'll see how it turns out. They had like 60 shots over the last three home games. Right. And I think they only had like three goals. So, so hopefully <laughs> we don't get bit by like the away game bug there. And, yeah. you know, good luck to Michelle Nagamine and crew as they take on, was it UC Davis? Irvine, so that's another tough one because mm. I think Irvine has won the last two Big West tournaments. So well, they... hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say you this. Never Ir- know. I will say this, though. Irvine is on a down year because if Irvine win, Irvine is still not even locked anything in. So right. if they win, they make the tournament. Oh, that's but not what we needed. <laughs> that's not what they need. That's not what Hawaii needs. That's not needs. what we would have wanted to go <laughs> but, against. But Hawaii, Hawaii does need to win this. Yeah. Let's, let's put that out there. And I think... It's it's kind of rough because first off because soccer is playing at 4 p.m. on Thursday every team in the Big West except for UC Santa Barbara plays on Thursday today at 4 p.m. That means that there is no television stream or video stream for women's volleyball, which by the way is not too bad because we still get to listen to Tiff Wells. I think on ESPN Honolulu today and CBS 1500 on Saturday. Correct. Correct. Okay, but pretty much Wahine volleyball plays. Today, 2 p.m., and then they, I think they have to fly or drive up to Davis. Nothing different. 
just a typical away schedule right there for the Rainbow <laughs> Wahine. And they're coming off a really great win. I think that's a great, not really a monkey on the back of Robin Amo, but if you kind of go back from last year, where the last two losses for the Rainbow Wahine was against that Santa Barbara team, sweeping them is... Uh, Sweeping them, or was it four sets? I think it was four sets. Well, winning in general must feel really great for that team and a lot of the returning uh, players from last year. Oh, yeah. I th- there's a lot of pressure on them, too, because like you, we've talked about, I think, last week, there's no tournament. So yeah. you gotta you got to pretty much be first place to get to win the um, NCAA bid. Hey, come on, Big West. <laughs> Put some tournaments to these sports. Because there's like three or four or like... A lot of them that don't have them that should. I think we look at baseball, softball, baseball, women's softball. volleyball. Exactly. Um, I think those are just three, right? Those are the three that come to my my head like, at the moment. Even if even if Hawaii was first place in, in any of those things, I'd still think we deserve a tournament. I mean, hey, if we were in first place and that means everyone had to play in Hawaii, I think everyone would love that in the conference. I'm not, mm, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Maybe not like Long Beach because we hate them, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, no matter what sport we play, but. Yeah, so like you said, UC Riverside today at 2, UC Davis on Saturday as well. And as you said, no video stream for either. So you will have to listen to, uh, I will say, you probably won't listen to it today because that is that game is in three hours from now. <laughs> so on Saturday when Wahine play UC Davis, listen to that on CBS 1500 AM or uh, CBS, CBS Sports 1500 uh, if you just look that up, I'm pretty sure there is a uh, stream that you can listen to. I think to Hawaii Athletics well. has linked it to where you can put it in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just look at Hawaii Athletics. They're Stop really, relying on my audio. They're, they're really you. good at that. That's why. And, <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's going to be big. I think UC Riverside and UC Davis, I haven't checked the standings recently, but they are usually about the bottom of the conference standings. So these are kind of like – Let's don't want, just get our wins. In. you got to get the wins. we got to get um, – we got to get um, – uh, Oh my gosh. <laughs> we got to get Kaylin Alexander back in rhythm. She's really not had a really great time the last two weeks, <laughs> it seemed. So hopefully this helps her get back into her rhythm just in time to, you know, get some good wins over good teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, we, yeah, they've had some really, I think players have stepped up too, right? Because I think we saw Kendra Ham have like 18 digs on yeah, Saturday. Kendra Ham had a great game. Yeah. And then and, and plus, she, it's like your de facto DS plus yeah. she'll hit like left side, right side, everything. So, I mean, great game by her. And, you know, I think we'll you, – you talk about what games you guys have to win. Obviously, you got to win the ones against your first place and second team. I'll say this. I don't think you pick and choose. You just got to win. Win. Just win. Yeah. That's... Like you just like you said, like Al Davis, just I win, mean, baby. Because, like, <laughs> you, can't, you can't take Especially any – Especially in a Big West, no Big West tournament. Just win. Don't put any doubts into anyone's mind. We got first place right now. I think Robin said it too. Everybody brings their A game when they play Hawaii. So right. it's like you got to be on your best, especially. We're in... like the Alabama of the Big West. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Tennessee, not. <laughs> Maybe like Georgia. Georgia? No, Maybe I don't. Like I don't Georgia. know. I don't know how it depends on, depends on how the SEC looks this year. But I mean, and then yeah, I mean that's pretty big. I think we have to talk about basketball starting up. I think just because we're not going to be in time for. Um, the next week's episode, women's basketball, 
get started next week. They have an exhibition against Hawaii Pacific at 7 p.m. at Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think in the years past, the HPU exhibitions have always been really fun, especially because in the last couple of years, Hawaii Pacific has been one of the best you know teams of women's basketball teams out there in their division. Unfortunately, I will say, this is not going to be like HPU of past. If you didn't follow the news that happened, I believe last December, there was a lot of controversy behind their last coach, whose name is not... It's not coming in. Not into- registering in my head. But uh... he was... I think the AD put him on administrative leave due to um, a lot of reports of a lot of abusive language and a lot of, you know, none of the good stuff. And then there was drama because some players transferred out and the players that transferred out were basically saying it was actually the AD's fault for overreaching because they actually didn't see anything wrong with what the coach said. And there was a lot of back and forth, enough so that I honestly just... Forgot to keep track of it, and I think I got most of this from Brian McInnes's, um article that he put out earlier this year. Uh, Brian McInnes of Spectrum Sport, uh, Spectrum News. He's, a lot, a lot of really, one of the best reporters I think right now. Is it a hot take us? to say that he is probably the best basketball reporter in the state? I, I don't think it is. Like I think he's. It's fair to say that he's probably the best basketball reporter. Yes, he's the guy I look forward to a lot. Also, just like talking to him. Oh yeah, he's, he's Max. Awesome. He's a great guy to talk to. I mean, yeah. he's you know very witty and everything, and it's just great guy. And this has just turned into like the uh, B Max section of the show. Honestly, we probably just shout out like every <laughs> other every every other reporter that we that we we follow. <laughs> to be fair, the local scene for sports journalists, we're all like each other. We're all I think we're all very good as well. I think you could pick your poison at that point. And I personally am always excited to, you know, see that tweet pop up from BMAC. <laughs> yeah. Just so I can read what he writes. Yeah. I have a lot of fun. Likes a lot. But like we said, yeah. to get back on topic to HPU, it's not going to be the same, but I still think it'll be one of those, like, competitive in, like, the first half for some reason. Because it always happens like that. In the first half, you're like, oh, man, this is, like, weirdly close. And then, like, the third and fourth quarter happen. Because it's quarters in women's basketball. <laughs> uh, it's always like close in the f- first half. Second half happens and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. We're the Div 1 team. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it always seems to work out. And I think, oh, when I'm thinking about that Tuesday exhibition match, there's a player I'm looking forward to watching. I think I'm just looking forward to watch the entire team, to be honest. I think the, the entire new coming roster, because everybody has spoken like really high on them. I just want to see how they turn out. Like, yeah. I mean, is, was who is who is the player that you really wanted to look out for? If I had to pick, it's not very creative of me to say because I think the two names that come to my head immediately are Lily Wahine Kapu. I want to see if she could build on that freshman player of the year for the Big West. Also, just want to see Deja Phillips. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair because she was like our second best player last year. Yeah, in pretty much every every facet yeah. facet of the game. So. I want to see maybe she takes that step up to be, you know, kind of the top dog of the team to be that leader, even though she's not necessarily uh, named a captain, right? I think I, I saw something. So Brian put something out where it's 
McKenna Hare, Callan Spiller, and probably Olivia Davies as right. the three captains. They haven't named the fourth yet, but um, right. I think, yeah, that's about it. Right. And I think I'm just excited to see this. There's a lot of some departures that I'm a little sad about. You know, I'm still sad about Nene not being here because I really love I loved her game. Yeah. And, you know, her not being here is a little sad, but there's a lot of really great newcomers, you yeah. know. Like Jovi Lafotu is also there. The uh, Iolani player that, you know, also sister to Lily Wahinekapu. There's a lot of players that are coming back. Like you mentioned, Callum Spiller. Um, Nena Orji was starting to get a lot of playing time by the end of last year as well. Like I said, I can't really pick one. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. I mean, but you. I want to go back because we we talked to Laura Beeman and it's like you know everybody's kind of like you know how are this how's this team going to do without Amy Atwood? But she's kind of like like Nene Calhoun was that voice on the court. Like she was kind of like that leader. And, you know, Amy's that Amy Atwood was that player. You know, obviously big shots, big moments, right? And yeah. but it was Nene Calhoun was that big voice. And I think that was another thing they were going to have to focus on. And you're, you're right. There's so many like decent or not decent but good players. Yeah. Like I mean, Jackie David had like really good, showed really good moments. Yeah. She might get more minutes this year. Who knows? But I mean, they're they're a lot, they're high on everybody. I mean, they're high on a couple of freshmen. I think Avery Watkins and Amani Perez. They're really hot. They're really high on them. Well, obviously they they're, they're not going to be low on anybody. Actually, now that you think about it, but I think but people are high. I guess yeah. to say on Avery Watkins and Amani Perez and what they can bring to this Rainbow Wahine team and. We just keep listing off players. We should just like list off. The if you want to see the player that you're excited to watch, pull up the Hawaii Athletics roster for Wahine basketball. So just close your eyes, close your eyes. and then you know, doom. It's <laughs> like okay, I will watch you, Milani McGee. <laughs> sure, Ashley Tom's <laughs> Milani McThree right here. <laughs> and I think that we could transition to the next, the other exhibition game that's happening next week that will. Just miss, I'll put in quotes, because it is on the day of a recording. Yeah. Because <laughs> that is the men's basketball game against UH Hilo, another, you know, Hawaii-based team where, for some reason in the first half, it'll be like, oh, man, UH Hilo is really, you know. It'll be like the close. first 10 minutes of the first half. It'll and then the like... second half, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're a D1 basketball <laughs> team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so... When you're looking at this team, a lot of returning guys. This is a team that is expected to finish second. I think we've already spoken a lot. This is like the on, last three or four weeks. Yeah, this has th- been we like... basically said the exact same thing every single time. Yeah. <laughs> um, ha- have we also done a thing where it's like, oh, who's a guy that you want to watch? I think so, but we it wasn't. Have? It wasn't. I think we did something that you you were like you wanted to see how like like Ruliadef or Ryan Rapp or something. Not Ryan Rapp. But... <laughs> Ryan Rapp. But oh, I mean, not no disrespect. No disrespect. But <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to no. But I'm not saying that. that was, I just never thought I've thought about I, his I, name I, in a long I'm time. I'm pretty sure I've never heard you talk about him. That's why. But that's why I was like, oh, maybe not him. That's why. But um, right. <laughs> I think you were like you wanted to see what Morset can do, what Bernardo de Silva yeah. can do. But and I, I was, I think my mind was like, I kind of just want to see what Juan Munoz does because right. there's been a lot of hype around him, what he brings, that sort of thing, and. I feel like we've we sound like a broken record, don't we? Yeah. We said the last same things for the last four weeks. Yeah, the end of the end of every single podcast <laughs> is exactly the same. Um, so yeah, just make sure to show up Stan Sheriff Center Tuesday and Thursday uh, for your Wahine and men's basketball, respectively. Or if you want, uh, ignore which one is which and just go and see which one you get. I think because Rainbow Wahine basketball was general admission, right? So again, sit anywhere you want in the guess in the. It's a fun game to watch. Yeah, and. 
I think they just announced too the start times for North Shore Classic or whatever it's oh, called. Oh yeah, game tickets are now open. You can it's, buy tickets. It's if expensive. You make that choice. It is expensive. You you need a lot of cash money. Uh, you have to drive up to the North Shore and back. Um, so yeah, the. So there's there's two actually two times you're playing in North Shore Classic. One is an exhibition against HPU. Courtside is a hundred dollars. Uh, Lower level is $25. I think that's like a 12 o'clock game, too. So you'd have to go because they basically would be competing with um, the Rainbow Warrior football game that week. Right. And I think also um, the Thanksgiving North Shore Classic or whatever, Hawaii is going to be playing Sacramento State at 3.30 on Thanksgiving. Or not Thanksgiving, Friday? The Friday, 25th. Yeah. And then they'll play whoever wins southern utah texas state at seven o'clock on saturday and by the way guys tickets was not is pretty expensive lower level for a single day which is basically two games uh the two games that they're playing on those days it's a hundred dollars um at that point you just buy the tournament lower level for yeah for 150 games. but courtside is 500 dollars for for the entire tournament and i mean at that point it that's i do know this I'm pretty sure UH Athletics is not in charge. No, they're not. The this is a. Uh... So if you have someone to complain about to this, it is not UH. By the way, they're actually giving you a promo. So it says on their press release, if you use the word tip, if you use the promo code tip off at their e-ticket Hawaii, you get twenty percent off. So it's not like they're. That should cover your gas. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they're like actively trying to do this. Okay, so they're they're trying to help you out here. <laughs> That is, that is wild. Well, I'm glad that Josh Pacheco will be up there to uh, is, watch. All is he your official games. voice of Rainbow Warrior basketball for the interim? I guess interim official. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not. It's, he's excited to do it. Yeah. I mean, he last year when Bobby would do football games, he did cover for him as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm excited for Josh. I love Josh doing a lot of he's, these games. He's a very good play-by-play guy, you, that's why. So. Also, because like if you've ever listened to UH Baseball, I think that is one of my highlights, is listening to him and Scott Robb's other thing. I believe he'll also be getting help from Derek Lowe as well as a color guy. So it'll be him and Derek Lowe, the former, one of the best players from the state of Hawaii. He did go to Washington State, hmm. you know. Come on, Derek. <laughs> and I believe yeah. the pregame show, you know, will be your usual, Gary Dickman. And I believe Jerome, Jerome. DeRosier will also be joining him as well. <laughs> yeah, and well, first off, you know, Josh is also a really good play-by-play guy. I think the, the highlight last year when he was doing UH Baseball was that six-hour game against San Diego State. <laughs> Don't remind me. Don't remind you of that. Don't but, remind me. I was on the board for that game. That I was to go home and, like, <laughs> but that was wild because he was the only broad. I think he was the only broadcaster for that game. Also, right? by the way, that was Rich Hill's fault for <laughs> for putting the game in protest for forty minutes or like twenty minutes. I oh my gosh. Oh, we just opened the new. I just opened the stitch and started. early season Rich Hill man. He got on the umps nerves, got ejected, got suspended, and he, then he was all fine after that. <laughs> it was it was weird because. He, he like low key. He kind of got on like 
the, everybody's nerves because like well first off because four hour games so like everybody was like why are we still here you know like steven sai had his deadline at like 10 and then it was like 11 o'clock the game ended so it's like okay you're too busy giving all, all of his signs I've I've never I'm not gonna lie I have never seen as many timeouts with a with a Hawaii batter at the plate than. But I I love Rich Hill. Rich Hill is great it's, guy. It's awesome fun. dude. I, I, to me it's fun to watch. It's I have fun, fun to watch. Whenever it's. Last year I think I went to about maybe like four or five UH baseball games on my own at like just to watch. It was it was a great experience. I had a lot of fun. It was fun. I just don't think it was fun to go to like a five-hour game well you didn't have to <laughs> you don't have to do the six-hour experience that's true that's true <laughs> well now that i see we're on a tangent here i think that's a, usually a great time to say you know thank you for listening to the green and black podcast like we mentioned there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend just not on campus for once i think just the football game right? just oh, the football game is happening um, um i think they there should be live isn't there open practices slash open day scrimmages for UH baseball as well? Ooh, that's a good question. Because I know they've been open, but they didn't really, like, give times. No, they gave times, but it's like, like, it's like, well, why are we, why would we go to this on the same day as a UH football game at why home? Not? It's a great opener. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great opener, it's a great but it's like, game. it's a 10 a.m. game to, like, <laughs> and you got 6, a, 6 p.m. thing, and I was like. Spend your time, go on a hike. And uh, I think the other thing, too, is, um, not UH athletics related, but high school girls volleyball. The championships are at Stan Sheriff Center this weekend, mm-hmm. so that'll be very interesting. To That's see. a lot of fun. Yeah, if you wanted to stop. A by. lot of really great performances we saw <laughs> last night alone. If you were not caught up to uh, HHSAA girls volleyball, the D1 states, Moana Lua and Kahuku had a five set thriller that lo- that pushed back the uh, the next game about an hour and a half. I will say it's one of the best volleyball games I've ever seen. There was very limited service aces. I think it was like eight and nine, respectively, for the two teams. Kahuku had like elite defense. Moana Lua had some strong, strong offense. And it was just a fun game to watch overall. Then I watched my alma mater get swept right afterwards. So that was really great. <laughs> well. Look on the bright side, I guess, because Punahou football is playing this Saturday too, right? Exactly. We'll take out our revenge on St. Louis, and I'll feel a lot better. All right. Well, <laughs> <sighs> Well, I think that's a great way to say kaput, as I basically give that for a second time. Um, anything you want to highlight for this week? Anything at all you just want to shout out for the week? Oh, no. I mean... Send us your Halloween costumes if you're wearing them at the games, I guess. <laughs> just, just, just just tag either... Tag Kaleo. Tag at Kaleo. You know what? Tag the, tag the at Kaleo Hawaii account because nobody checks that anyway. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But ju- you can Don't worry. No one will hear this. This is the end of the podcast. <laughs> you know, you can... Well, tag our, tag our podcast Twitter or something if you, if you want to send us... If you send the photos, we will post it. We will, we'll re- we, will, we'll, we'll, we will repost the best if any get sent to us at all. I tell you what, if anybody sends them to us, I'll put it on Kaleo's website. <laughs> I, will, I'll, I'll, I, will make the, I will make that promise. All right, and then I'm just going to give a quick shout out. Listen to Taylor Swift's Midnight album. It's great. I think I had a great time listening to it. You know, my favorites, probably Karma, Lavender Haze, uh, Bejeweled, I think is also a really fun one. But I think, you know. 
it's typical Taylor Swift album, a banger. And yeah, I think that's all I got for shout outs for this week. All right. All right. And that's it. Thank you very much for listening to the Green and Black Podcast. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week and good luck Hawaii all around.